Welcome back. This is the soft count. Well, the Baker Mayfield trade finally happened. Uh, those of you that have been waiting or are a Baker Mayfield fan, um, he's going to a piece of shit pile of team called the fucking Carolina Panthers. They're terrible. They are fucking awful. I wouldn't want to go there. I know they have a running back that plays a couple games a year that's really talented when he plays, but that's only a couple games a year. I'm not. I, I don't know. I mean, good for him. If I were Baker, though, I would have done everything in my power to stay in Cleveland. I mean, that team is is locked and loaded. He could have been like 7-1 and one at the beginning of the season. Instead, he's going to go to Carolina. So here's the thing. Training camps are, are heating up now. People are starting to show up, and they're starting to get a look at rookies. And so Seattle knows that they're in trouble. They've seen Drew Locke now, and they're like, oh, fuck. Carolina saw Matt Corral and Sam Darnold. They've seen. And they're like, oh, my God, we're in trouble. These guys did not get better. And then, you know, and, and there's word coming out of the Steelers that Kenny Pickett's not going to win the job. And it's like, how? <laughs> He's 25. He can't lose the job. He's already in a like a seasoned vet, so to speak. So that's really disappointing for the Steelers. And I think all of a sudden, every like the Panthers are like, we better get Baker Mayfield while we can. And Baker, being immature as he is, he's like, I just want to get out of here. And it's like, man, if you had half a fucking brain, half of one, if you had a quarter of your brain, you'd have been like, I'm good. It's all good. I, it's a business. I'm going to stay here. Or, you know, I'm, I'm playing. Whatever. You got Amari Cooper. You got fucking uh, Nick Chubb. You got all kinds of shit. And so it's to me, it's like, man, what an idiot. He could have gone there, won a bunch of games, and really fucking stuck it to Cleveland. Instead, he's going to go down to Carolina. They're going to suck, and you'll never hear of him again. He ended up, He's going to end up going to a bad place. If he would have come out playing well, he could have had. He could have gone wherever he wanted, basically. He would have had a lot more leverage. And now... He's going to look bad for Carolina because Carolina's trash. And then at the end of the year, he may get signed. He may not somewhere else. But the body of work's going to look like shit because Carolina's trash. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. That's a whatever. Browns are happy that Jacoby Brissett's their guy, and, and I guess Baker's happy that he's out of there. But it just seemed like a – to me, if I were Baker, that is not what I would have done. I would have fucking – I would have gone – sociopath and pretended to be Eli Manning and and stuck it to the Browns. Whatever. To each his own, right? The rest of the league's looking good. I mean, it looks like the Rams are looking to repeat. I'm not really I'm still just not into talking about NFL yet. I mean, there's obviously there's just been some trades here and there. But the obviously in the big mostly people getting re-signed, McLaurin got re-signed. I think he might be a little overrated. It's hard to say. A lot of people are saying McLaurin might be overrated, but he's had the worst quarterback play in the league for the last his whole career. I don't know everyone. <laughs> I don't even remember the guy's name last year. That that little dude. <laughs> I don't even remember him. You know, he played. He had like a couple good games, and everybody's like, "Oh my god, they found a guy out of nowhere!" And it's like, yeah, that didn't work out. Don't even remember his name now. <laughs> good luck, Washington. I mean, I'd resign McLaurin too, but I mean, I don't know. Whatever. Wimbledon is heating up. If you guys aren't watching it, I mean, it's obviously it's it's red hot now. It is as hot as it can be. Nick Kyrgios is in the finals. 
and or he's in the semis, and he's got to face Nadal, and it has just been fucking pandemonium. People hate this Nick Kyrgios guy, and I'm here for it. I, I love it. He is like talking shit to everyone while he's out there playing tennis, and it upsets a lot of people. It's kind of like when Tiger Woods first came into golf and all the old heads hated him, mostly because he was just black. But they would find other reasons to hate him too, with like his fists pumping. Like that's not that's not what golfers do. Even though you can go back and look at every fucking golfer ever, and they all have something when they put down a big putt. I mean, there's always somebody doing something. It's just he was black, and that's literally it. And people hated it. But in this sport, it's not just about race. It's about class. It's more about class than race. But there's also race too, right? Because tennis initially is like for royalty people. And now it's a it's like a major sport, but the reality is is there's they've had they've had African American people, they've had all kinds of different races play tennis, and those people will tell you that they've definitely had racial struggles. But one of the bigger issues is just the class divide, right? The, the way this Nick Kyrgios guy's acting, and the way he carries himself even off the court, people in tennis will don't like it. And right, I guess apparently now there's like an assault charge on him. Not like a sexual assault, just an assault charge (laughs) against his ex-girlfriend or something. I don't know. I don't care. Any woman that's going to date a guy like him, like, you know what you're doing. I I just don't give a fuck. I'm sorry. Like when Rihanna went back to Chris Brown is when I started listening to Chris Brown again. Like Chris Brown beat up Rihanna, and I'm like, man, fuck Chris Brown. I hope Rihanna's okay. And then Rihanna went back to Chris Brown, and I'm like, I mean, I guess I'm going to listen to Chris Brown. Fuck it. I mean, if she's fine with it. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what to tell people. And so I'm listening to uh, I'm listening to all the different pundits on television talk about Kyrgios, and they just shit on him repeatedly. He's immature. There's one story out there that he had a match before Nadal a couple years ago, and his coaches had to pull him out of a pub at 4 in the morning before the match. Like, he was just wasted. He's wild. And he cusses, and he complains, and he does – he did this little drop shot between his legs. If you haven't seen this, he, him and this – this other beloved player got into it and he drop shot him like a couple times on his serve where he drops the ball and hits it between his legs and it's like real light, you know, and, it, and the guy has to run up and try to get it real fast. He's never, it's kind of unexpected. It's kind of considered dirty, but I thought it was sweet. <laughs> I thought this is, this is, this dude's like, if Allen Iverson played tennis, this guy's got it, you know, it's really fun. And, I'm sure the ratings are through the roof for Wimbledon this year because of that guy. And he's handsome and he's tall. And like, my wife thinks he's handsome. She don't give a shit. I mean, there's so many goddamn sexual predators in the NFL, and we watch, we both watch the NFL. This dude's not a sexual predator. He's just like a drunk asshole. And any woman that dates him should know better. He's crazy. But he's rich. So, you know, everybody will be like, oh, he'll change. It's like, no, he won't. <laughs> Mostly because he's rich now, so there's no reason to. But if you're watching the uh, the finals, Nadal's going for his uh, grand slam, his, his triple. You know, if he gets this one, that's big shit. And uh, he's, well, you know, the second best tennis player in the world, and Novak Djokovic. And uh, Kyrgios is not really in their class at all. He's not in their class as a tennis player, but he is awesome and fun to watch. And so tune in, check that out. It'll be sweet. Man, this uh, Brittany Griner stuff has picked up. 
I, I here's what you got to ask yourself. And I always tell people this. Have you ever watched Locked Up Abroad? And right now, Brittany Griner's wife's like, if this was LeBron James, he'd be out, he'd be home. And it's like, yeah, he would. It's LeBron James. And LeBron James probably wouldn't just go over there with a couple carts in his pocket. Now, they're accusing her of much more. They're accusing her of, like, trafficking drugs. But she had two carts on her when, and to, to smoke while she's over there, which has got to be the dumbest mistake anybody could ever make is, like, trying to, like, smuggle a couple carts into Russia while you're there. But she did. And if you ever watch Locked Up Abroad, these people are just forgotten about. The fact that anybody's even talking about you right now, you're lucky that you have any fame at all because most likely you'd be forgotten about forever. Like you see these people, they're like, oh, I had the corner bag of a bag of weed and I was in Thailand or some fucking crazy, some fucking crazy country. And they end up in prison for like 10 years, you know, because they have strict laws on shit like that overseas, you know? And so... Are you telling me now that we're supposed to trade maybe a possible like fucking war criminal, somebody that's murdered people from Russia they want, and now we get Brittany Griner back? So now because she did, did what she did, we're supposed to give up some fucking monster in a trade to get her back and release a fucking monster back into the world. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what everybody wants us to do. They realize that's the only way we get her back. Does everybody understand that? Because I keep hearing everybody, we got to bring Brittany home. We got to bring Brittany home. Just so you all know, to bring her home, we have to release a monster back into the world. Somebody that we have, that we've deemed dangerous or a fucking war criminal, Russia's going to want us to release that person in exchange for Brittany Griner. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we want her back, you know? I don't, I, I don't know what you do. I really don't. I have no answer for this. But I also have very little sympathy, if you can hear it in my voice. It's almost annoying to me that it's something you even have to even fucking consider. Like, this is so much bigger than just sports. And what she did, I mean, I've seen Locked Up Abroad. Look that show up. It used to be on regular television, maybe like on the fucking A&E or something when they were riding high with their shows. But this show really shows you what they do to fucking foreigners that fuck with drugs in their country. And of course she's being, like, accused of something she didn't. We're at fuck. Russia's at war. They're invading a country right now, and you decided to take a couple carts into their country, and they want us to stay out of the out of it, and they're going to use you now. You completely opened the door. Now, if Brittany Griner now her story is if if she never took any carts at all, and those aren't hers, even though they look like they're fucking American-made carts, you know, two of them. That's what they showed initially. And now when they go to the court, now it's like, oh, she's trafficking all these drugs. It's like, no, she isn't doing that. Now you guys are, now you're being Russia. But initially what she did is probably illegal and deserved to be detained. Now it's gotten way out of that. But two carts is what she probably had. And they look like they're from a fucking dispensary in the United States. They're probably hers. And that was really fucking dumb. Now, if she says they're not hers and that's true, and they're just framing her. It's like, God damn, that, that, now that really sucks. But I haven't heard that. And I saw her, like, they had pictures of her there, and I saw the cart, and I'm like, oh, that just looks like a fucking cart from the dispensary here. You know? So it, it's probably hers. And it was just a dumb move, you know? And, and now, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like I said, do you want to release somebody to get her back that could possibly murder people and be a part of a fucking slaughtering people in some other country? Or not, I mean, you know, I don't know. Something for everybody to decide. But that is like ultimately what I've really thought about it all. Is it's not necessarily do I think she deserves to be detained. 
It's just... <laughs> to get you back, we would have to give up... I mean, we would, we would put people in danger. Not a lot to talk about. I'm, I've been uh, keeping an eye on the Cavs. Darius Garland looks fucking sweet. They just re-signed him for a long term. I don't know what's going on with the Lakers and Kyrie Irving. It seems it seems like they are all like this is a done deal. Kyrie's coming. We talked about that about two months ago. I said it'd be kind of Kyrie and LeBron need to team up again. But really, I I would rather just at this point, if I'm LeBron, I'm like I don't want to tie. I don't I don't want him. I mean, obviously, you want him more than Westbrook. That's fine. But I mean, do you? Because you can at least like not play if you get hurt and, and Westbrook can play. You just don't even know where Kyrie is. And he's still not vaccinated. And it's like almost impossible to know how many games you're going to get in a season out of him. And that's like really – that's hard to build a team around. It's hard to build success around. It's hard to build anything around. LeBron has got a couple years left where he could still go for a title if he wants. I'm not even sure it's something he cares about right now. He always says he does. And if he really cared, he'd just leave. <laughs> he'd be like, listen, trade me. All right? Just trade me. And he'd go wherever. You know, wherever wherever the fuck you want. Go to anywhere. I mean, pretty much all but three teams, including the Lakers, like you could go somewhere and have a shot at a title. There's only like a couple of teams that have nothing. And, you know, like OKC, the Lakers, Sacramento. And pretty much everywhere else, they've got at least a guy that can help you. There's nobody on the Lakers. That team is fucked. And they're talking about getting Kyrie Irving. Like, that's going to solve their problems. <laughs> we'll see. Live Tour, PGA Tour is finally picking up a little bit. Got the NHL draft coming up. That's kind of cool. The fights have been great over the last couple weeks, but... I'm not really sure what card I'm looking forward to next. I'm going to do a little research and dig into that. I've I've been kind of locked into Wimbledon. I really have, and it's been really fun. The Ultimate Fighter is kind of the – I don't know if you guys are watching that show. I just kind of started – I'm trying to get caught up on it. It's one of the only things I don't want to pay for is ESPN Plus for some reason. I just fucking hate it, even though I'd probably love it. But, god damn, it's like I got subscriptions to so much shit. And it just, I don't know. I got to think about it still. But you can't find that. Any of the ESPN stuff or UFC, it's really hard to find. It's hard to find that show if you're out there looking around for it. <laughs> it's not out there. So you, you do have to sub, it seems like. But I might do that. Might have to give that a run. I usually don't get into baseball till after the All-Star break. If you guys are wondering, do I talk baseball? A little bit. I'm... I bet I do parlays for baseball just for fun. Like they're wild parlays. They're only parlays that would like if they were to happen, I'd get rich, right? Like uh, off a dollar. <laughs> I don't. I don't do a lot of research into my baseball until usually the World Series, and then in the World Series, even in the playoffs, you've got these back-to-back -back games where you can actually look at the analytics and and make some educated bets. But until then. There's just the rotation of the pitchers. There's so many guys coming in and out or like in the, this part of the season. So I'll just make some parlays for an entire day's worth of baseball games, and sometimes they hit, and you're like, holy shit, I just made four grand off of a dollar. <laughs> so a lot of you guys, I get uh, a lot of messages on my Instagram. Most of my messages I get on Instagram are around betting, and people want me to give them the best bet of, of whatever, or pick between this and that. 
the reason I'm so successful in UFC is because I and the NFL and the NBA gambling wise is I watch those three things all the time and I read about them I research them I love them those three sports I watch always and so I can gamble on them confidently and know the reason I'm gambling on certain things tendencies numbers just all that good stuff now when it comes to baseball I don't really watch baseball that much I watch the highlights and and so that means I stay away from it as far as gambling is concerned. So when people message me like, oh, should I take Detroit over Cleveland? And it's like, I don't fucking know. You probably know. But I'll tell you what I'll do is I take a couple dollars every weekend. <clears throat> Nothing big. And even during the week, you can take a fiver. And I'll make parlays for, for even things I don't understand, like, like baseball. <laughs> I mean, like, really, I don't understand it. Uh it's like a team could be up seven to two, and then the relief pitchers come in, and the game ends eleven to seven, and the team that had two just beat the shit out of the team that had, you know, was in the lead the whole game. And all of a sudden, in the eighth inning, the other team's relief pitching is just so good. I mean, I've seen, I've watched some baseball games where teams run out of pitchers, and there's just like position players throwing fucking rainbows across the fucking plate. You know, you just don't know what's going to happen. I, I really, I'm not into betting on baseball very much, but. I'll do a daily parlay, right? A couple bucks. Nothing crazy, just as far as the risk. But these are things that's like if you if you put them together, it's like playing a lottery ticket. I mean, there is a lot of guessing, but if you watch sports at all, you know what teams are doing well. Like, I know what teams are doing well in baseball, but anybody can win and lose in baseball. It's crazy. And so what I'll typically do is I'll just make a bunch of parlays and, you know, they don't hit, or they do, and I make a bunch of money. But those of you that are messaging me about baseball and picking teams, like, if you're watching baseball, you know more than I do. I really do believe you have to watch sports. A lot of people will think, oh, you can just look at the analytics of sports, and it's like, eh. You got to love it. You got to love it. Like, Wimbledon, I I would be – I've made some bets on Wimbledon. I've been I've been riding Kyrgios, right? He's been, he's been my guy, and mostly because I just think he's so fucking wild. But at this point now, now that he's he's going to face Nadal, like I, I'm not going to bet on that. I don't know. I, I don't know. It would, to me, it would seem crazy that he would do that. He would be able to beat Nadal. They've played before, and he's lost. And so I just, you know, I don't know. <laughs> do uh, answer some questions for the first time I, I have had in a while. Um, and so, yeah, let's just get into it. One of my questions is from Texas, Taylor in Texas. Taylor wants to know, if Volk goes up, who should he face? I think it should be Oliveira. He has the most skills, and Oliveira is still the champ. He is still the champ. I really like Oliveira. I think Oliveira is the most dangerous guy at 155. In fact, Charles Oliveira might be one of the best fighters in the world, and I can say that really confidently. He fights like a fucking crazed demon when he fights he risks himself he gets hit he doesn't care he doesn't fight afraid to lose the belt which is what I really like about him he fights like he's gonna fucking die every round now I think Volkanovski I kind of would rather see him face I mean they're gonna let him fight for the belt I don't even know what's up with the belt right now is it gonna be Volk and Oliveira fighting for the belt Here's the thing. Oliveira wants to fight Conor McGregor right now. And I think some people are looking at that like, what? 
Charles Oliveira is from one of the poorest places in the world. In the world. I mean, it is it like the the favelas that he's from, like it is it's poverty at its at its most like and it's in its worst form. Like food, water, everything. It's just intense. And he wants that big payday from the Conor McGregor fight. My only question to him now, though, would be, like, how big do you think that payday is going to be? I'm not really sure. It's definitely going to be bigger than fighting Islam, Makachev, or whatever. Like, fuck him. He's done. He turned down a fight, and it's like, you now you got you went to the back of the line. Like, you turned down the Rafael Dos Anjos fight, and now you're at the back of the line. And you got to wait. And Volkanovsky's got to fight. Islam is definitely behind Volkanovsky. Volkanovsky gets to fight Charles for the belt. In my opinion, that sh- that's the next fight that should happen. However, if Charles wants to fight Conor McGregor and they think there's a huge payday there, I've got no problem with it. Good question. My boy Mike. Mike in D.C. Mike says, why aren't the Washington commanders going after Baker Mayfield? He seems like it would be a great fit and we need a quarterback. You sure fucking do. I don't, I mean, I don't know what their fucking plans are. I don't get it. And by the way, Washington football team was like the coolest fucking name in the NFL for a couple years. I can't believe they got rid of that. They should have they should have kept that. That was uh they sounded like the most elitist football team there was. Like you're just the football team. Like it just sounded so cool and their uniforms looked good and they kind of blew that. I, I actually agree uh, with Mike. They, they it's already been traded now. He's in he's in Carolina, but that wouldn't have been a bad a landing spot for him. I think Ron Rivera is a good coach, but I I mean, the reality is I think a lot of people looked at Baker last year and they're holding that tape against him big time. He's also got a big contract. It's really not a big contract. That's what's funny. Everyone's like, his contract is huge. I'm like, no, it's not. He's making $18 million as a quarterback. Like, that's what quarterbacks fucking make. (laughs) That's cheap. (laughs) I don't know what you guys are talking about. Like, Dak Prescott's making $48 million. And you're going to tell me Dak Prescott's like fucking $30 million better than Baker Mayfield? No. <laughs> no. So, I don't know what Washington's on, Mike. I like D.C., though. It's a sweet city. I haven't been back in a long time, but hopefully soon. I got one Wimbledon question from Eric. What does he say? Is that how you say your name? It's spelled, it looks like Eric, but it's spelled kind of fun, funny. So, Eric's asking me, do I think Rafa... Okay, yeah, I see. Do I think Rafa... Novak or Federer is the all-time great. And do I think Kyrgios has a chance against uh, Rafa? Well, man, that's a tough question. Like I said, when I was a kid, Rafael Nadal was the cool one. He had long hair, and he was a little bit shorter and and muscular. I've never been a huge Novak fan or Djokovic fan. Actually, when, when I was young, it was like Pete Sampras was the shit. He was like on top of the world. Andy Murray had won Wimbledon a couple times. And so I liked those guys a lot. <clears throat> Kyrgios is without a doubt my favorite tennis player right now. And I don't know really anything about him. This is the first time I've ever really watched him play. Uh, Nadal, to me, is is the best. Even Well, Federer is the best. I, I think it's undisputed. Federer is the greatest of all time in men's tennis. And Novak is not far behind him as the second best of all time and, and Nadal's third. I don't think there's really anything that either of those guys can do at this point in their career to, to change that narrative. Nadal's going to be third. 
Novak's going to be two, and Federer's going to be one. And Kyrgios, I've, he's not even in the top fucking, you know, anything. He's he's just a dude that's playing really well right now. And I think he can beat Nadal. Nadal had a really long match today. And so, yeah, I think I think Kyrgios has a chance. He's really, he's a lot younger and athletic. He thinks he's at the end of his career, and it's like... Look at how some old some of these guys are. Like you can keep playing. The one thing that Kyrgios has is he's taller, and so the taller guys' careers are usually a little shorter. So he's not wrong about everything. Appreciate the questions. Keep them coming in. Um, and Friday, we'll do a gambling episode. Talk some numbers. Talk some analytics. Tomorrow, might check back in if anything crazy happens on the on the old TV. Anything that I want to talk about. But for the most part, that's it. Hope you guys uh, are enjoying your week. I hate the middle of the week, but it's and it's raining too, so whatever. Talk to you guys soon. Peace.